BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. You're listening to the Outdoor Podcast, proudly presented by Six Hour and created by Bowhunter Planet. Enjoy the show. Hey everyone, welcome to the Outdoor Podcast. Myself, Tim Mazarana, along with Dave and Kevin in studio tonight. And uh, guest on our show tonight is Kramer Ammons from uh, Shatterproof Archery at shatterproofarchery.com. So those that are uh, listening to this podcast, uh, you can go on your phone, go to shatterproofarchery.com, and you can kind of check out what we're going to be talking about. But this stuff is pretty darn sexy, I gotta say. So um, <laughs> Kramer, what, what I wanted to, what I wanted to, what I wanted to kind of get to right off the bat here is how you got into making a bow like that's kind of a that's kind of a little bit of a project you know and and to make one that looks like the quality that you're putting out there i mean that's got to take a little while too yeah yeah absolutely uh first i just want to say thank you to all you guys for having me on this is awesome um i really appreciate it but i actually first got into making a bow. I think I was 14 years old and I grew up in a large family. I have nine brothers and sisters. Um, we didn't have a lot, so I knew I couldn't buy a bow. So I was like, maybe I can make one. And so like any normal kid, I went down to the local cemetery and cut down a tree at nighttime. Yeah, um, that's normal. <laughs> well, we didn't have any land, so we were in the city. And I, was, I saw I saw a hedgerow and I was like, I heard hedge can make a good bow. Uh, my My grandma got me like, the traditional Bowyer's Bible when I was for Christmas or something. And I, that was the first book I think I ever read in my life. And I probably read it 10 times. I don't know why I was so interested in it, but that's where it started. And, uh, it's, uh, well, I haven't stopped yet. So what was the name of that first bow that you made? Deadwood? Um, (laughs) (laughs) firewood really. I mean, (laughs) that's how the kind of the first 10 went. so. So how did, how did the first one, how did it come out? Did it, did it work? Cause the first one I ever made, I must've been like eight years old, ripped the branch off of uh off of a tree and got some of my mom's yarn. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's, that's the best way to start. Uh, the first one, I think on shot two, it broke. Did it uh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I think the third one, I think I still got it around here somewhere, but the third one was the first one that shot and it still shoots. So cool, man. That's awesome. Um, all right, so walk us through this process. Walk us through the process a little bit about about start to finish. 
as much as you want to tell us what goes into making a boat. Yeah, what style are you? Are you looking at a, like an all wood self boat or a whole different world getting into fiberglass boats? No, I want to. I want to know first and foremost the wood because I think that is the most intriguing to me. Absolutely. So the wood boat, there's two different methods. One can be a single solid piece of wood, and this is really common. Uh, probably the most common is using Osage Orange, using one piece of wood. And if you're doing that, what you'll do is cut down a length of tree about six foot and length is good to start you follow the the bark i'm gonna have a, i'd have a, i could go like for an hour so i'm gonna try to skip the skip through this but uh the bark says what the grain is so you'll follow that cut cut that down and then you'll chase a growth ring is what it's called so you'll you'll go down to a single growth ring so the back of the bow is one single growth ring which adds a lot of strength and then you just shape it so that it bends evenly to shoot it so that's kind of the process of a single piece wood if you're going to use multiple materials, then what you'll, what you'll do is add a backing. So you have compression on the belly of the bow, pushing together. You've got tension. The fibers want to pull apart on the back of the bow. And so you can laminate different materials together to get the best performing bow. So you can have material on the back of the bow that's really good when it pulls apart and really strong material that presses on the, on the belly. So for example, you could throw bamboo on the back and then a really hardwood on the belly so you'd add a backing and you can glue things together. And then basically once it's glued together, you would finish it out the same way as any self bow. So that's kind of how the raw material wood type bows work. Cool. So well, have you, have uh, you done traditional your whole life? Do you do compound as well? I mean, not building oh, no. them, but shooting them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've shot compound. I started with compound. Uh, well, I kind of started with both. When I was a kid, I had a compound bow. Um, I shot compound strictly for hunting up until uh, about seven or eight years ago. And then that's when I was like, um, I kind of hit a point where I wasn't chasing big racks, but I wanted more of a challenge, I guess. And so that's where I was like, I'm, I want something a little harder than it feels right now. And, um, I is way harder than I expected. Doing a traditional. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah I, oh I, yeah. It's kind it's, of interesting because, you know, we, we've been doing this for 13 years and uh, back when we first started, there was no talk about traditional at all. Not really. And, yeah. And it was slowly, pretty dead. slowly over the years. And I'm going to say maybe it's coming back. I don't know. Four years ago, Dave, you started to hear more. We, we started to hear more chatter about traditional and then it just kind of grew and grew. And I think it's still on this growth trend. Well, I think, I think COVID, back into, COVID into helped push it. COVID pushed it over, you know, back into mainstream, I, not main mainstream, but I would say definitely people definitely, even myself, like, I was like, oh, you know, you know, hey, bear archery, can I, can I, when you sent me a bow this year, can you sent me a traditional bow, because I want to try it, you know, so I think it's, it's one of those things where people just wanted that extra challenge to try something different, you know, and then for me, the issue was like last year, I tried to do it, I had my, my, um, what was it? Super Grizz or something? I had the Kodiak. I can't remember which one, but I had it ready to go. Um, and I was pretty okay with it. I mean, I wasn't like, you know, 20 yards. I could probably make a kill. Probably. <laughs> but I would say like, I never got the opportunity because like, you know, I was hunting my compound first. And I told myself I'm going to hunt with my compound. And once I shoot a deer, I'll switch over and just shoot a doe with this traditional bow. But the problem know. with Dave and traditional he shoots his bow like he's a gangbanger, kind of like, <laughs> like he's carrying a gun like this, but he does his bow like this. <laughs> Not wrong. I love it going sideways. Oh, the, the massive can't. 
Yeah. The, I, you yeah. know, I wonder if you can turn this into, I wonder if you can turn a traditional into a com, into a crossbow. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, it's yeah. kind of like an Excalibur, right? I mean, that's, that's what an Excalibur That's how they started crossbows, man, yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's let's take a step back. I just kind of want to talk about how this all came about, how he got on the show, all this stuff happened. So I was literally, I was on YouTube, and all of a sudden this video pops up and it says how to make a your own, I think it was something like a $15 bow from Home Depot or something like that. So I'm like, I'm like, wow, this looks pretty interesting, right? So I watched his video on it. And I'm like, this is freaking awesome. I am totally doing this, right? So it, it puts me, it, it costs you money, Tim, because it pushed me into this whole thing of like, I got to get these tools. I got to get the wood. <laughs> I got to get all this crap. So I buy everything I need. I start working this. I follow his video to a, to a, to a T. And I'm, I'm actually, I am in them on Instagram questions like, hey, you know, I saw this. Is this where the mark goes? I actually got it. It, it looks amazing. Like I got this thing down. I took the fiberglass uh, tape from Home Depot and I layered it, the six layers and glued each layer. I mean, it took a while, but to be honest with you, I think what really turned me on about this type of stuff was like, it really kind of relaxed me. It was almost like, I, I really enjoy just doing it. Like, I'm like, this is actually kind of fun. Like I, and it was like quiet. I'm just listening to music while I'm like sanding. And, and I was like, at some point I was like, I actually like woodworking. This is actually really fun. So then I started getting into, before I finished it, I started like thinking about like different woods and we talk about zebra wood and koa and all these other types of woods that somebody uh, brought up another one the other day. Who was that? Someone brought up one that was, um, I never heard of it before. It was like yan or something. I don't know, something strange. And they, they say it's like real popular for bows or something, but I had never heard of it. So anyway, I started going to like the, the custom, that custom wood shop you told me about. And they had all those woods. They got like walnut. They had everything specific to, you know, what, what we were trying to do here. So, um, but yeah, so, you know, great job in the video. And what I thought was smart about the video, in my opinion, was that not only did you do a very good job with the the video, I mean, the video was very well done, but also you provide products to bu people can buy that if they need like the strings i mean and i bought them i call i sent them the things hey give me this because that to me just made sense right it's like i rather buy from you knowing that you're knowing what i'm doing with it you know what i mean it's like a perfect yeah. scenario so great job on that honestly that was a smart move and i thought the business side of that was genius like having the products being able to sell people the products they're going to actually use to build the bow it's pretty cool yeah thank you very much yeah the goal is to help more people enjoy more archery and it's like reducing as much friction as possible to help people get into it like that's that's probably what i've done most is help brand new people get into archery like i sacrifice my expertise so that i can be a gateway for new people so that i don't overwhelm people when they're trying to build a bow or when they're trying to get in of course then some people will you know you look and be like oh this guy knows nothing it's like well, you can't put everything in a 10 minute video either. So I don't yeah. really, yeah, it's like, that's it not matter, your goal. Your goal is exactly to so, everything. Your goal yeah, is to yeah. show me how to make a cheap bow for, you know, for, for cheap. And I was going to yeah. tell you, we probably need to redo the video with $26 bow nowadays. <laughs> just because of the cost of prices. Inflation. It might, it might be more than that. Plus, yeah. You should just do the same video with the new thumbnail says plus inflation and then change the yeah. price. Oh, there you go. <laughs> go. Go change the title on it. That's great. <laughs> yeah. Um, do an official relaunch. 
yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> just do an official reaction. You use the same video, just edit out where you save the money, you know, just change yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, so that does lead me to actual questions for you because I did. So I chose to use Oak um, because uh-huh. I found it at Home Depot. It was pretty cheap and easy. Yep. I had bought, though, like maple and other kinds as well. I, yeah. I haven't done those yet. I stopped here till we had this conversation because I, I have, I've had some issues, and I figured I'd talk to you about on the show because it'd be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So I used the oak. I added the string. Uh, I think I did everything right. I could be wrong. You know, I might have d- not done enough on the, on the limbs or whatever. But um, when I put the string on, it was like a six-inch brace height. Not even. It was like a three-inch brace height. And so that wasn't the only issue when I tried to draw it a little bit, like if I got like this far, no big deal. But if I got like here, I heard cracking. <laughs> so I was like, I think I'm in trouble. I think this thing, you might not be, you might like, not be just... in trouble. Was the glue cracking that can often happen is the glue can make some cracking oh. noises and it'll even have stress fac- fractures in it, but it won't break. Now, if it's the yeah. wood, you're in a lot of trouble. I but... might need to mail this one to you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but my thought was I can put the string on and leave it on. So that was what I was going to ask you. If you put a string on and I leave it on the bow, let's just yeah. say I leave it there. What's yeah. going to happen? A lot of set will happen, meaning eventually when you unstring the bow, it's going to kind of stay in that shape since it's wood. It's going to kind of form to that. And so if I were to leave, I've, I've tested this out where I've, uh, I left, a, <clears throat> I left the wood bow strung for four months to see what would happen. And it dropped about 10 pounds in draw weight. Mm-hmm. And then when it was unstrung, instead of it looking like its normal shape, it was looked like it was at a three-inch brace height because it had so much set that happened because it was under that stress the whole time. Um, didn't ruin the bow, but... Yeah. yeah. So so if I ended up, like, let's say that this was the wood cracking, right? And I'm, I'm, I'm in trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, does that mean... Well, it could mean probably a lot of things, but, like, was that would that mean that the... I overdid the limbs like they're too too much wood came off the limbs uh too much wood came off in a specific area okay so, so the, some areas weak so yeah, i wasn't so the, even the idea is that it all does the same amount of work it's Got like if it. you, it's like if you i don't know do some sort of if you do a deadlift or something you don't want to use only one muscle you're going to want to use your whole body together or it's the same thing drawing a normal bow back you don't want to just use your bicep like you're not going to have any strength unless you engage that back and get it all in a line. So you, you want that whole bow to have the same amount of stress on it. And that's where the different materials come into play because the stronger the material, basically the more you can mess up and have a successful bow. Um, The problem is like the Oak or um, cheaper materials. If you're making a bow with that, uh, it's just not as good. You can still make a good bow, but it's kind of weird in the sense that, Oh, you can get into it really cheap, but it's actually a harder bow to make than if you spent more money on better materials. Yeah, I, was I ask you really next. wish you didn't just say that to <laughs> Dave. I <laughs> really would, do. What wood would you recommend for doing that 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 build? Out of all of them, what would be your thought? My favorite is if you use a piece of bamboo and then some really hardwood on the belly, whatever you can find. Um, the hardest maple you can find, ash um osage uh epe <clears throat> any really hard wood on the belly is going to be great under compression and then bamboo is the best easiest natural material because it's only one sheet of bamboo you just slap it on the black back with wood glue and that's the best way to not screw up now is the grip the grip area is that when you say belly do you mean the grip area or do you mean 
um like just the whole inside yeah the whole inside the whole side facing you so that means th that like if you put the if you put that on you still have to put that grip though on right the other yeah, piece of wood yeah. okay yeah i mean you can do a bent uh handle that uh bends through the handle and so you can have a bow i mean that bends through the handle so it's going to be a complete even uh, tiller so uh, you're gonna have a lot of hand shock when you shoot that that's doable yeah. i prefer to throw a really thick piece of a really thick piece of wood on there i can shape the handle to how i want it then i have a non-bending handle and i'm making a d style bow um and that one tends to be easier to make as well so for the one that's let's just say it was the wood cracking is it am i better off for a display type thing am i better off uh -huh. just to leave the string on it and just like use it as like a display like hanging somewhere for fun or am i better or is that gonna make something weird happen and blow up <laughs> oh no 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 yeah i yeah if you want to display it go that's for what it. i'm thinking because it still the, looks cool you know the problem with me and this is like what i've done is anytime i sense there's a problem i'm just going to keep pushing that bow until i can blow it up i'll use the tillering tree or something so that when it breaks i'm not near it you know and i'm safe but from all of the bows i've broken which is which is a lot because I do a lot of weird, weird bow builds to test out materials. And sometimes even, even our fiberglass bows that we make, I've pulled that to see how far I can pull it till it breaks. Cause I'm going to torture test everything. So I know it's limits, but you yeah. learn so much more in the breaking than in the success. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm excited to try number two on Tim's dime. I'm good. Like I yeah. just going to keep <laughs> start my second build coming up i'm gonna do this next one in maple because i have it and i figured uh -huh. i might as well just do it and try it but i think um uh, like i said it's what's, not that, what's that desk made out of there why don't this desk is cheap as dude this thing is so light it's garbage <laughs> it's not good wood i bet yeah. i could make a bow out of it you probably could you could <laughs> I, I definitely don't it's not even thick it looks thick but it's not it's actually i don't know if it's real wood it looks kind of yeah, it looks like it's real but i think it's fake <laughs> So um, let's talk about zebra wood a little bit. Is this, is it actually a very good uh, for bows or what's your thoughts on zebra wood? So I haven't used it um, except for handle material. I have not used it for limb material. If you look up like the elasticity of it or the compression strength based on those numbers, I would have a better idea, but I honestly can't give you a great answer. I do know it's so beautiful to put it in the handle or in the tip overlays as accents is fantastic. Yeah, but um, I was only wondering because yeah, uh, we had a uh, we I, I had I had purchased on Tim's dime um, an old uh, bear archery bow, a traditional uh -huh. bow. It must have cost about five bills, but it was pretty pretty expensive. But it's a nineteen like fifty, and it's zebra wood, and it's gorgeous. Like I keep uh -huh. it in our my main in my studio in my house, and uh, it looks just you know amazing. And I, I I remember thinking like I wonder if this is normal. Like do people actually yeah. use zebra wood or are, this... the, are the limbs zebra wood? Or is it the handle? No, it would be, I would have to. Well, I don't know, actually. I don't know what they glued and what they didn't. The handle, for sure. The main body yeah, yeah, is all yeah. zebra wood. And I, yeah. I feel like those limbs are definitely one piece, that, but I don't know. Because what, what a lot of times, what a lot of times people will do is you can take a clear piece of fiberglass and then do a super thin veneer. So we're talking like 20 thousandths of an inch of zebra wood, add bamboo in the middle for the core of the bow, another piece of, zebra wood and then fiberglass so the zebra wood makes it look beautiful but it might not be there for functionality but it would yeah. look good this isn't it but this is the same bow okay it looks to me as like like uh there might be a different wood connection here yeah yeah so that would be zebra wood handle you're gonna have bamboo limbs with fiberglass limbs got it so that makes sense so they put well that's got to be beautiful so they glue Especially... all that together 
or then cut it and then sand it? Well, yeah, everyone has their different method, but yeah, basically. Yeah. Have you ever uh, got a chance to, oh, sorry, sorry, <laughs> over here. Have you ever got yeah. a chance to tour like a, uh, like a bear archeries where they make it and stuff like that? Um, I haven't toured bears. Um, I've been to some other smaller companies, but not, not bears. I eventually, I like think it's in the bear one. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to see it. Yeah. Like, dude, yeah, I want to can I build a bow. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so how long uh, will it take you to make a bow in a day? Like out of all your different models, I know you make your own models and stuff. Like, like if you wanted to like say tomorrow, you're like, I'm going to build the bow. Is it like a, a couple week process, a couple hour, you know what I mean? How long generally? Sure. So pretty much every bow um, I, I've gotten fairly fast so I can working hands on time. I'll make a bow in four hours. Um, if it, if there's glue ups and I got to let it sit overnight for the glue and stuff. Um, but four hours is pretty typical for me on a bow. I can make a pretty good bow in four hours if I'm trying to do something really artistic. So a bunch of veneers, a bunch of um, different types of wood glued together for the handle. It just adds time, but something functional. Um, I, I can do one in one day, especially if there's no glue ups. That's amazing. So let's talk a little bit about your bows specifically that you're selling yeah. and stuff. So yeah. what are the models? What do we got here? Because I see a we whole got, bunch of stuff. We actually have one bow we sell. We call it the bones. The reason it's the bones is because it's the bare bones model. It shoots like a $1,200 bow, but it's much cheaper than that. And that was the idea is what can we add into this bow that makes it shoot like a super high quality custom bow without adding fingertip overlays, the handles, uh, one type of wood. So it's, um, so we're not having to do a bunch of laminations. So we just reduced all basically the cost and the production, but have the performance of a really high end bow and then trying to offer it in that middle price range. So that was the goal of the bones. And that's the only one we've, um, we've got going. Our, our problem is, uh, manufacturing. Uh, we're, we're really good at marketing and try to keep up with the orders is our main thing, so. Today's episode is brought to you by Sig Sauer, keeping you safe in and out of the field, but also keeping you in the field longer with Sig's lineup of cross rifles, optics, ammo, and more. Learn all about it at SigSauer.com. Also brought to you by Tinks, Dead Downwind, Burris, Vapor Trail, Stokerized, Apex Rewards, and Easton. Last year, Reveal by Tacticam quickly became the most sought-after scouting camera in America, making cellular scouting available to any hunter. We ask our users how we can make this outstanding camera even better, and this is our answer. Introducing the all-new Reveal X. Even easier setup, better battery life, faster trigger speed, on-demand HD photos, extended detection range. This season, find out what all the buzz is about. Get a new Reveal X by Tacticam. Enter the Apex Outdoor Rewards Turkey Challenge in your state. Over $120,000 in cash rewards. Limited number of entries allowed statewide. Every bird is a possible winner. Reward your passion at apexoutdoorrewards.com. That's awesome. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same-game parlays, live bets, and so much more. 
Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Talk to me about the different poundage because um, you got a lot of different poundage options here. Like, yeah, if, I'm, if I want to hunt with it, let's say big game hunt with it. So white-tailed deer, that kind of thing. Um, what kind of poundage should I be working with? Yeah, absolutely. So I believe in over 40 pounds for whitetail. If I were doing elk, I would probably go a little heavier. I've shot a uh, whitetail with 40 pound traditional bow um, uh, full, and with full pass through, no problem. Um, your, your problem isn't going to be the penetration. Your problem is going to be the animal moving while the arrows in flight. Uh, even a 20 yard shot, it, it looks like you're, you know, throwing you mean a bowling I'm not ball shooting 300 feet per second. No, no. I mean, <laughs> it, well, that's the thing is like with a light arrow, you can get up there, but I don't like to hunt with a light arrow. Right. Absolutely. No. Yeah. And you want so, that impact for sure. You need to break through that skin a little bit. Absolutely. So I I've done the, the slowest bow. I was shooting 150 feet per second and I had a complete pass through with that. Uh, wow. no problem on a, on whitetail. Is that uh, uh, mechanical or, um, or, uh, uh, fixed broadhead? Fixed. fixed. I like fixed broadheads. I like to get something super long, two, three inches long. So the taper is real gradual. Um, single bevel can slide right through there, but that's my preference. I know awesome. there's a lot out there. So. All right. And then, and so walk us through some of your other, your other skews here. You got bow strings and, and other accessories. Walk us through some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So Shadowproof Archery started as just bowstring company. We make a lot, a lot of bowstrings. Um, 80% of our products are bowstrings. We have guys making bowstrings every day, all day. So we do, that's like what we're really, really, really good at. And as far as systems go from there, we built out a leather shop. So we literally bring leather in, we cut it, we sew it, we stamp it, we press it. We do everything with leather and we make anything from archery gloves, archery tabs, arm guards, quivers. We make all this in our leather shop. And then, so the progression was bowstrings. We have a leather shop. And now only in the past uh, eight months have we got into actually selling bows. And so we have um, in our inner back of uh, one of our, um, our shops here, we have bow making as well. So do you do all of, those yourself or do you have people that do the bow builds? I, I don't, I don't make the bows that we sell right now. Um, yeah. I have a guy going full-time on that. Well, that's what you want, man. Right. You want to, oh, yeah. no, I want you to make it. Not... You got to autograph well, yeah, Dave, it. Yeah. I'm sure it. Dave wants you to I'll make you it. one. I mean, <laughs> there you go. Just let I me know. Down. I am down now. Uh, so is this what you, so it looks like you guys sell part of the bamboo for this. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be just a piece of bamboo. Yep. So like for that bow I'm talking about with this, with this uh-huh. bamboo, can, I guess, can this bamboo replace the fiberglass tape or no? That's exactly what it does. Exactly. Oh, wow. That's and it's strong. Actually, I've, awesome. I've made a hundred pound bow with that bamboo. It's really strong. Really? Wow. Oh yeah. Wow. Look, at I, did you make this right here? Yeah. 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 What is on the backside of that handle? That's like crazy. Uh, the, I believe it's Ipe. Wow. It's like purple or something. That's cool. Oh, maybe I used purple heart. I've, oh, I've, I've looks- done so many. I don't remember. <laughs> oh yeah. It looks like, whoa, what is that? Whoa, that, that must be purple heart. Look at that. 
Yeah. Like looks like it's bright purple. I don't know. That's sweet. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I'm gonna have to uh, get a piece of this from you guys too when I do my next one because I think that'd be cooler just to do the bamboo on the front. Now with this bamboo, you still, I mean, like, so you know, we talk about, uh, you talk about in the video, like you do all that tape. Let's just say it's bamboo now. Well, you still are you still gonna taper it though, right? Yeah. Like on the ends where you bring yep. it in. Okay. Yep. Yeah, you can go halfway down the length, then taper, or you could do a continuous taper, taper it all the way down. With a bamboo, you me. just have so much more room to screw up which is really nice yeah i think to me um do you still make single stick bows yes so yeah that's that's the most fun like it's an interesting thing turning like hobby to business and then like okay where where should i draw that line because if i don't draw the line then hobby becomes no more and so i've been really trying to preserve like the single stick bows is kind of like that's still kind of hobby. Whereas if I'm going over to the fiberglass world, I'm in business mode completely. The um, So historically, I'm assuming like the longbow archers and Indians and stuff, like that, those were all single stick bows, right? Yep. yep. When, did, Mainly, when, when did the... Well, no, not all of them, by the way. There okay. would be um, there'd be bow, composite bows made from like sheep's horn and sinew and things like that. And how, so, long, how long ago would that go back to? Oh, I, not the expert on that. <laughs> <laughs> You're not a historian. Ah, <laughs> uh, no. History. That'd be so funny if Tim knew. Tim's like, well, actually, history, baby. Well, <laughs> no clue, no <laughs> clue whatsoever. Well, I, I asked the question, but here's the answer. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, um, trick shots. I'll oh, know man. next time. When, when are we gonna? We're, when are we gonna see some of these trick shot videos? I have. I've done one maybe um do you want me to do some trick shot videos because that'd be awesome oh yeah love to see it oh yeah i want to see this what do sure. you want to see um let can you okay so we need to get you a picture of day's head we're okay. gonna start with that <laughs> and then we're gonna get the, you we're gonna get you some balloons head. yeah we're gonna tape dave's head to a balloon let me think about this what okay. do we want to fill it with I think I think I think I want to see some trick shots where we can shoot like three or four of Dave's heads at the same time. Okay, we um, can do this. Yeah, so we'll 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 throw some ideas out for you. But TikTok loves that stuff, man. Oh yeah, when, uh, which I love because you know with what you're doing, the videos you're putting out, um, getting people into archery. I think this is so needed right now. Um, you know, we we talk in this program all the time about getting people into archery and you know somebody might be sitting there going you know i would love to do this and and see if i could do it myself and they might you know and, and be successful at it and not be successful at it probably like dave um you know the first time at least sorry dave it's true you know you failed your money you sailed you failed the first time <laughs> but as they build that kind of confidence in there create a passion you know for something that yeah. they maybe never had before so i think it's pretty awesome what you're doing man for sure yeah, thank you very much. It's so cool to see people like we just the photos and videos and it's like I don't know, you don't understand the vastness of the internet until a video gets 5 million views and you're like, "Okay, what is going on?" <laughs> like like even the number 5 million doesn't make sense in our brains right. very much and then they're like, "Wait, those are people?" It's just crazy. And it's it's yeah. such a blessing. 
Yeah, it's you great. get a lot of really good stuff going on for sure, man. So I, I, you I'd know, love to see it. I just love the fact, like I said, I think it's it's really smart to do the video on something, not only because you know about the stuff, of course, but like you do the video and you're like, you don't have to buy my string, but I do sell a string if you want it. I just, I think it's genius. Like, I honestly, I was like thinking, I'm buying it. I am buying this <laughs> string. This is the coolest concept. This guy's awesome. You know, that's what I'm thinking in my mind when I'm watching this. And then, you know, uh, some of the other tools, the tillering tools. And then I even, I think I watched your video on how to make the tillering thing because I built my uh-huh. own yeah. and I, it, it's an okay one. I ended up using the, um, I didn't do the notch one. I did the screw one where you screw it in and then have a yeah. screw that's got smoothness on the end or whatever. So I did it that way. And that thing works great, man. Like I, it's not, it's like a little bit of a flimsy area in my basement, but it works. I like go down on it and I'm like, boom, boom, boom. And that string you made is awesome. It's so easy. The tillering oh, cool. string. I was like, this is like the perfect scenario. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I was hoping to, to dive over the table like you did and come up and fire my bow, but I was unable to because of the cracking sound. <laughs> so I got, I got an idea. This is, I, I think there's some collaboration here that, that we can get to is that, you know, you got a lot of really good videos out there on exactly how to do it the right way. I think we can collab on some videos on how to not do it the right way. Right? Like, <laughs> Oh, you, you have, go. you have the positive side. All right. This is what you do. And then you have, you have the second video of this is what not to do. <laughs> Or, yes. or there's Dave Bonner plan trying to make my bow, but let me show him how it's really done. There, yeah, that's what I. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Dave, Dave can Dave can mess it up and have that. Do not do not be Dave. You know, like don't do be, be Bob Dave. back in the day. Hey, the average is about three bows broken before a successful one. That's what I was gonna say. Oh I, I figured, man, I, I wasn't and that's, expecting that. I really wish you wouldn't have said that either. I'm so sorry, but that I've got <laughs> five or six thousand data points on that. Like it's pretty accurate. <laughs> So, hey, uh, tell us about your hometown then. So you said you're in Colorado? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, in Colorado Springs. Um, are you? So do you do a lot of hunting out there, or how does that work? Yeah, so I'm very excited, too. I moved here a little, about three years ago. Um, I've taken a step back from hunting. Um, in the past two years, uh, we've had, uh, I had two boys, two, two little boys. So it's a huge oh, wow, blessing. Cool. I've got, I had two, uh, guys under two years old. And so it running the business and that was enough. And I wasn't going to leave my wife to go hunting. Um, so this next, um, September, I just, I just put in for the draw two days ago. I'm so pumped. So, so what, when you're in Colorado, what is it that you, is it mainly elk hunting or is there other stuff that's easier, like an over-the-counter type tag? Like, so, I guess, what can you hunt or what are you hunting out there? Uh, elk, mule deer, black bear, pronghorn. Um, and if I want to go, we're right, I'm on, Colorado Springs is right on the uh, edge of the mountain. So we've got flats on one end, mountains on the other end of us. So I can even go uh, out east and go hunt whitetail, long like the Arkansas River and things like that as well. And so the structure with tags, you got ABC tags. And so I could get a, a mule deer tag and a B whitetail tag or depending on the units. And so there's more, uh, and then you got big horring sheep, moose, like there's more opportunity than you can do in a year, which is, um, I grew up in Kansas hunting whitetail in Kansas. And so it's, it's quite a bit different from there, but I'm, I'm just learning the system right now. So, so do their seasons just, do they all overlap or are they spread out throughout the year? So you have more. They're spread out. Like, yeah, pronghorn will start in August and then uh, the latest seasons will end late December. So cool. I yeah. like it. 
I decided, Tim, we're going to take a poll from the users, um, not the users, but the the guests. Um, and it's going to be offline because I don't have it ready. This I just thought of this randomly. But because um, we're talking about Colorado, I was thinking about Grizzly Bears, and I was thinking about how our logo had the Grizzly on it. <laughs> so I kind of want to just see people's reaction when they see the Grizzly compared to when they see the Moose. Uh, just to, just to see, just to say, hey, what's oh, your just thoughts? Just to you pick, pick That's A or a great B. idea. Yeah, yeah, it's a great Kramer little backstory. There is we, you know, we we rebranded a little bit the podcast and uh, going through logo designs, and uh, you know, we we collabed a bunch on it. But, but Dave, Dave went a little bit rogue in my opinion. On I don't what he told our logo guy. I didn't um, go rogue. I said a little bit. I didn't say fully. You went a little bit rogue. Um, and he and he sends me, he sends me over the logo design, and I'm looking at it. And uh, like my first comment was, Don't you think it's a little aggressive? And he's like, Yeah, but I love it. And I'm like, but don't you think the bear looks like it's holding two guns is gonna about about to bite your fade off face off? And he's like, Well, maybe. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. That is the, that is the most deadliest bear I've ever seen. He's holding two guns about the, about the, and he's not supposed to be hunting, holding guns either. He's just holding the logo, but it looks like he's holding guns. And I just looked at it and said, listen, I I love the bear thing, but the the bear is almost animated enough though. It almost is, uh, it almost works. I'd say. I, I told you. Is that a bear or a gorilla? (laughs) <laughs> i don't care what you guys say me and kramer know what's up that bear i love sick. it i love it so i i'm gonna stick with that moose i like the moose that's fair anyway yeah <laughs> i like the moose thank you thank you kevin thank you kevin uh, so quick question on traditional bows um as far as grip goes just wondering yeah. are there different types of grips because i feel like there's a lot of ergonomics and i feel like it would be very difficult to have them all be the same. Yep. Um, when I was sanding the one down, I'm thinking in my head, like, geez, I don't know what the hell I'm doing here. Like, this could be a long process. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah. So the, the idea with grips is like the difference of the depth of the throat. So how, how far do you like your hand to go into your grip, I guess, is the, the biggest idea behind it. Um, with uh, fiberglass bows, we're going to be using templates or CNCs or whatever it is to get it super consistent. I think like the grip is one of the most fun parts to build on the bow as far as you get to just customize it to what you like, if you can f- figure that out, I guess. But um, it, that's one of my favorite parts because I've got like pretty massive hands. And so what I like is not what most people like. And so that's something I had to change because I started making um, the the bones for what I like. And then I had a bunch of people test it. And I was like, and no one likes what I like? Like, <laughs> okay, let's figure out what most people like and let's get it to that point and then move forward. So that's cool. That's funny. I knew you're going to bring up the grip at some point, Dave. I was just wondering though, because they're so different. Like Every they're time. so they different. Like that bow I made, the grip is like more of a, a long flat grip where it's not very ergonomic. There's some ergonomics too. I did try, like, I'm not like mm-hmm. perfect at it, but then mm-hmm. when I see something like this, you know, this is like, Oh, geez. Oh my God. Anyway, 
I see something like this. This is like, you know, very detailed. You know, that's why I brought it up. And like, you know, that is not why you brought it up. That's the first thing on your mind every time you look at a bow. Oh, you stop. So, so much so that, you know, we, we do an annual uh, award, right? So we have different categories, viewer based, um, you know, or, or voter based awards where they vote on the best, you know, compound bow company, broadhead, so on and so forth. But we had to put one award aside specifically for Dave called Dave's golden grip award, because <laughs> he just, he obsesses about grips and I love it. I, I love you, Dave. I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but he, it, I, I just knew at some point grip was going to come up. Well, <laughs> well, as far as like, someone's got to talk about it. Yeah. Like the, the way I shoot. And I think I shot similar to this with a compound. Um, I'm not in the compound world much right now. So correct me, but having like the, grip on the meat of your thumb and you're not squeezing the handle um what i'll do with my with a traditional is i'll like kind of loop it like this and then and then i have it on the palm so to grab the handle has nothing to do with shooting it it's just the one pressure point right there you know and so for me that's how i make my handles and then you'll get someone come up and grab the handle and grip it and it's like well you you don't really shoot with a tight grip that's going to cause a lot of inconsistency um absolutely but to, but to be able to have both of that because on a traditional bow most people do carry the bow if they're going to the woods or something they grip it like it's a baseball bat or something so to have both uh, comfortable to grip and comfortable to shoot is kind of really hard because a lot of times that deeper throat does feel good because it's almost like the inverse of your hand and feels like really secure. So Tim would know. Interesting. He has no grips. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, what is that? What does the fur ball thing do on on a traditional bow? I see a lot of like the fur ball on the yeah, screen. The, the oh, yeah. oh, is that what it is? Silencer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it silences and it absorbs by vibration. That's kind of anecdotal, but I think it actually makes the bow shoot smoother. And then it makes it a little bit quieter and makes it four feet per second slower on average. That's what I was going to ask. I feel like you'd be losing a little speed. Back, back in the old days when I was, before they had harmonic, oh, man. Before they had harmonic dampeners and everything else. <laughs> back when they used singing. Everybody put them little whiskers on there. On I remember the ones where you had to like strip them a little bit. Then they, as you shot, they'd fall apart and make these whiskers. But that mm -hmm. furball ones when I was thinking of is like a ball, but you know, on the, trad stuff so let me ask you this so as far as making a bow so if i said like hey you know let's build a bow uh you know make me this bow what would be the most cool looking woods that could be done like that that would still hold in like a bow like that bones bow um i could do any wood uh, because what i could do is really thin veneers and then have uh, the veneers make it beautiful with clear fiberglass but actually put bamboo in the center to make it functional so yeah, I, I think, can do, uh, I could do anything. I think that's what we need, Tim. I think we need a flash, like cool looking one, you know, that no, I actually agree with for the that. studio. I think, need, for... I think we need to design one for bow hunter planet and have, and have one made like that. that yeah. I think so too. I, th I think, Let's I think it. Kramer's got it going. I just, we just got to, we got to talk to him about the, the, the stack of color and look to it. Yeah. Cause I want it to be very exotic looking, not necessarily like a normal bow. So, so Kramer, I, I love this yeah. idea, but you got to promise me one thing. Okay. <laughs> Before you do it, make sure Dave got my approval. <laughs> so it doesn't turn out like the grizzly bear. Yeah, we got to do this here. Could you could you burn a grizzly bear into the handles? <laughs> you should put the bear in the handle. Yes, we can. It'd be so cool. <laughs> oh my god. That's funny. 
Oh my god. I love it. Man. Yeah, you could totally like there's some really unique woods. One of the ones I've had my eyes on is some bloodwood. I don't know if you guys Ooh. seen that, but it's like super red. That's I thought cool. that would be kind of unique. That would be sick, actually. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. That's what I was thinking I about like that, that and that that purple heart you mentioned. I saw the purple. I'm like, man, that's pretty this stands out. You know, maybe not as much of it, but like a thin layer of it or something be cool. Yeah, like yeah. A red or a blue or a yellow. I don't care. But I was just thinking like because I think about that zebra wood and I thought, man, it looks so unique. But it's a little bit, I don't want to say boring, but because that's a bad word to use with zebra wood, but it is all one thing. It's not like it's got multiple mm -hmm. colors to it. It's literally just a big mm -hmm. piece of zebra wood, which still looks good, but mm -hmm. and it's very expensive from when I went to that that uh, wood store and looked at it. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. holy cow. It was like $24 a foot or something. It mm -hmm. was very expensive. And it was just for this little piece. It wasn't even that big. Yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah. dang. And a full fiberglass bow, you can easily have a few hundred dollars in just raw materials. Wow. Yeah. No I was problem. Say, but easy. you can make a one of a kind, unique bow that no one else has. So I'm saying. <laughs> I like it. I like it. <laughs> just you again, just make sure that I at least looked at it before uh, Dave sends it to you. Just sent him the bill. Who cares? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love it. Well, Kramer, man, it's awesome to have you on, dude. It's, it's, uh, I love this stuff. I love, I love guys that, that make a business out of their hobby because you love it. Um, it, and it brings new archers in and you are out there trying to teach people what you know. And I think that's always just a, just an amazing thing for you to do. Um, like you said, giving up a little bit of your expertise to, to kind of break that gap from people that uh, are, are wanting to try to do it themselves. So I think that's awesome. So for you, for those of you that are watching on Carbon TV, we thank you. For those of you watching on Apple iTunes or everywhere else to get your, your podcast, we want to thank you as well. But we definitely want you to go over to shatterproofarchery.com and check them out. Check their YouTube videos out online as well. Um, really, really great products, but also some great videos where you can learn how to do some of this stuff yourself. So buy a bones, Kramer, baby. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Hey, uh, good luck getting out there back into the hunting. And yeah, then, yeah. Let us know how it goes. We'll have and, back uh, on the fall. Yeah, we want to we want to talk about are you gonna do traditional? Yeah, of course. Oh, dang. Yeah. I've sh I've shot one elk with a compound before. And ironically enough, I was at 12 yards. I was like, why did I not have a traditional with me? So oh, man. <laughs> I'm not going to let that happen again. <laughs> All right. Yeah. But yeah, yeah thank you guys it. so much. Good All deal, right, thanks, man. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you again, okay? BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.